to the LEAD 222 podcast, created to help student ministry leaders stay healthy and become more effective in life and leadership. And now, here are your hosts, Bo Boshears and Dave Hootke. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the LEAD 222 podcast. My name is Dave Hootke. So excited that you are with us today. And, uh, you know, coming out of COVID, we were really curious where youth workers were at. And, uh, you know, we heard data on pastors wanting to quit, feeling burned out and uh, from that data, but we couldn't find anything specifically on youth workers. So we partnered with our friends at the National Network of Youth Ministry to do a survey in order to get a pulse on where youth workers were at. And what we found was super insightful. And so we released our findings and our analysis in the State of the Youth Workers report. And so I'm going to be posting that report. And, uh, and you can be able to find that on the LEAD com- Facebook community page, uh, my LinkedIn. You can email me, Dave, at lead222.com, and I will send the report to you as well. But there was so much that came out, you know, analyzing the survey, talking with youth workers and senior leaders uh, about the data. And so we wanted to dive in and do a podcast episode uh, about this. So we hope that this will be helpful to you as a youth worker um, to understand the landscape, find some identification, some language to help you navigate this season of youth ministry. And so we are really um, excited about this conversation today. And so I am joined uh, by Tyler Rowland, uh, and he hails from the frigid north country of Minnesota. He's a family pastor at Edinburgh Church in Brooklyn Park. He's married uh, to uh, his high school sweetheart, uh, Laura. They have three kids. Tyler's passionate about helping kids, students, and youth workers know that they are known and loved by God and the church. We are also joined by Joe Landy, and Joe is passionate about equipping, encouraging, and empowering lifelong gospel-advancing leaders and families. He serves as the student pastor at Kingsland Baptist Church in Katy, Texas, just outside of Houston. He's a husband, father, pastor, and workout enthusiast, and these guys have been connected with LEAD 222 for a long time. Dear friends, and, um, and so really excited about this conversation today. Uh, Bo couldn't join us. He's out coaching, and uh, and and so uh, we are going to tackle this uh, with us three today. And so uh, really excited for you to hear this conversation as we dive in uh, to the State of the Youth Workers report and uh, survey. I am excited to have Tyler Roland and Joe Landy with us today as we dive into this important topic. Tyler and Joe, welcome to the podcast, guys. What up? Good to be here. Well, let's start off. uh, Let's get right after it. And so um, I'm going to start with you, Joe, and then Tyler um, chime in. And um, and so uh, we're going to have a great conversation uh, around this today. And so, Joe, let me start with you. Sure. What were insights you found in analyzing the data and overall first impressions that jumped out to you from the survey? Yeah, uh, looking over it the last couple of days, it's it's definitely eye opening. But I will say this: it's not surprising, you know, just given um, what we've walked through the last couple of years. And I've been in student ministry uh, full time since two thousand nine, and I've just seen 
uh, just the amount of pressure I think that's been on not just student ministry, but pastoral staff over all the years. And, uh, you know, being the, the couple of things that jumped out to me right away with people's answers were just being being overworked, you know, lack of clear expectations, you know, unhealthy work environments. And when I add, when I started to add all those things up, you know, the equation I came up with equals disaster, you know, and um, one of the things that I thought was really, really interesting in reading through some of the, the analyzation that you guys had was, you know, COVID certainly has compounded those things. And my first tendency was to, to, to think like, well, maybe it's COVID's fault and whatnot. But the one thing I did appreciate about all the data is it's a very, very complex problem and situation i think that student ministry you know pastors are having and i like how you didn't just oversimplify oversimplify kind of like hey the reasons behind it it's so complex you know it's not just senior leadership it's not just covid it's not just the pressures that we're facing from culture you know it's 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 a number of things it could even be the student pastors themselves and and whatnot so um i thought that that came out pretty pretty well so that was interesting yeah, no, I think uh, as I was analyzing it, the big thing that that stood out to me, I thought I thought it was interesting. You sent us over uh, these kind of these circles and it, it gave us percentages of, you know, people who have have thought about leaving uh, either their current ministry or thought about leaving vocational ministry altogether. And I thought that those numbers like you look at those numbers, I think it's uh, I have thought about leaving vocational ministry to work in another setting besides a church over the last year. And it was like 44 percent. Yes. 55 percent. No. Um, with, you know, little percentages or whatever. But then if you looked, there was another one that was like, I'm actively looking and planning to leave ministry. It was like 18.5% said, yes, I'm actively looking. 81.5% said no. And so I, as I saw that, I, I, you know, my mind went, okay, why is that? What is going on? Like people are feeling these things. And I think that it, it, it highlights feelings that I think we all wrestle with in ministry. Um, I often joke with people like I quit every single Wednesday and then I show up for work on Thursday. Um, <laughs> and I think that like we need to prepare young leaders for those type feelings and go like, hey, like these feelings that you're feeling, they're legit. Like, mm -hmm. yes, sometimes a Wednesday stinks, right? Sometimes you have a, a clunker of a Wednesday or a clunker of a Sunday and like you you go through hard things or you, you have those difficult conversations. Um, and like we need to affirm people's feelings in that. Mm -hmm. but also begin to have the conversation of like, okay, but how do we deal with that? And and I just wonder, like the, the biggest thing I got from this takeaway, and I think like is something we need to think about in large in the state of youth ministry in general is how are we preparing these young leaders um, for the difficult things? Everybody looks at youth ministry and goes, oh, youth ministry is awesome. You get to play games and eat pizza and drink Mountain Dew and fart and all that stuff. Like, but, but what about when, when the hard things hit and when you have difficulty with, you know, uh, like, like, like Joe, you said, it, it's a complex problem that we have. And yet oftentimes I know I walked into ministry and was not prepared for the difficult things. And thank goodness for people in my life, uh, you know, like, like Matt and my, some of my mentors and coaches and stuff like that to walk through mm. the, the hard with me. Um, and I think now more than ever, as I read this, the survey and was thought, I go, Holy cow, we need, we need to prepare our hearts and prepare our people um, mm -hmm. for the hard. Yeah. And I would say, Dave, just to add to that. And Tyler, that's so good is sometimes I don't, you know, if you would, if you would ask me the survey, 
I would have said absolutely in the last year, I've thought about, hey, is this really what I should be doing? Absolutely. Is this really what you want me to do? Um, should I stay in this? Should I be, should I be outside of ministry? And I, and I, I hold my calling with the Lord with an open hand, you know what I mean? So this will probably be a theme that comes up with the rest of this conversation, Dave, is, is this a calling or is this a career? Mm -hmm. And I think there's a difference for people. And I don't think it's wrong for sometimes student pastors to, to ask themselves, Hey Lord, is this really what you have for me? Or do you want me to move in a direction? I think to whether to to follow the Lord to stay in a in a in a calling or to to follow the Lord out of a calling, I think is is really what's important. I think to take from this, so it's not all doom and gloom necessarily, but there are some red flags. I think from this uh, from this 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 survey here. So that's interesting, Dave. No, that's that's really good, you guys. And you know, I I encourage you, you know, to listening uh, to to listen to the or to read the full. Uh, state of the youth workers report as well as we dive in, you know, even further. And, but you guys, let me, Tyler, let me ask you, you know, looking at the survey results, um, how has the landscape of youth ministry changed in 2020, you know, too? I mean, as you think about youth ministry, even pre-COVID, we're coming out of COVID. There's been a lot of experiment, you know, things that we've done. Um, we've said yes to things. We've, we've dropped some things mm -hmm. like, what would you say is the landscape of youth ministry now? Yeah, I think I think we need to broaden it out even beyond. Before I can answer, what's this, you know where are we at in youth ministry? Uh, where are we at as a society in general? Right uh, through COVID, we've kind of pulled back and we've evaluated everything. Um, you know, we we stayed home for you know months on months on months. Some on some you know some people even longer. Um, and, and we were reevaluating everything, evaluating our schedules, evaluating our social interactions, evaluating our politics. You know, we, it was a season, if, if I could sum up COVID other than difficult, it was a season of, of really evaluating what's important. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think if we bring that now into youth ministry, um, I think part of the, you know, we had time to be introspective. We had time to think about it. We had to essentially recreate, you know, I, I started in youth ministry in 2011 vocationally. Um, and like 2011 to, to 2020, we did youth ministry kind of in a way. And, you know, you adapt and you change and things like that with culture. But then all of a sudden it was like, hey, you who's never done online ministry, figure it out and you got a week and a half to do it. And mm -hmm. we had to like basically give everything back and go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, everything's on the table. Everything's on the table. And I think when it comes back to uh, coming out of that, uh, I think there's lots of benefits in that in the landscape of youth ministry but it also like joe again you said is covid brought up a lot of painful things like mm -hmm. toxic work environment and, and you know not having clear vision and and just the you know being overworked and and i think i worked harder uh in covid when i was in my basement you know behind a computer screen worked harder for those two three four months than i i did the whole year prior because mm -hmm. you're evaluating and so it doesn't surprise me when we see things like, oh, I'm overworked, but then again, okay. And this is, this is a whole, you know, switching gears a little bit. The landscape is we're navigating some cultural things in youth ministry mm -hmm. that, that just got, I mean, just kerosene and then lit a match and it just started. And, and we're all just going, I, how do I do this? Right. And so I think, I think that's, that's weighing on a lot of, of youth pastors and youth workers in, in our world. 
Yeah, and I, I would just piggyback off of that too, Dave, because I think what Tyler said is really good. I think the summary of that is expectations for past pastors of all levels has gone up crazy. You know, like he said, I'm, I'm trying to be a media guy. I'm yeah. trying to be a general surgeon to ha- keep people from getting sick. I'm trying to, you know, navigate the the landscape politically and all that stuff. And I've got to watch what I say. And, you know, I'm under even more of a microscope now than I ever have with the social media and everybody hearing about the situations with pastors and, uh, you know, falling and having moral failures and whatnot. So the expectations I have seen have gone up, which again, necessarily isn't a bad thing, but it adds pressure. And then when you add the pressure of that and, and like what you're saying, Tyler, like we're navigating a minefield. It feels like you're constantly navigating a minefield. And if I, one wrong step and boy, I'm going to, what, what's going to happen behind the curtain here or what's going to blow up or what's the situation. And, um, you know, one thing that I, the underlying thing that it, like causes me to look at and go, uh, just the dangers of isolation yeah. for student pastors, you know, as I look at these survey results, I think, man, a young student pastor, or even an older, someone that's more seasoned as well. If, man, if you're isolating and you've got no community, you've got no people around you, gosh, that is such a hard thing to navigate right now and so i think there's a danger in that that's escalated as well as is the danger of isolation man that's so good and you know that's why lead 222 is here you know and having everybody has a coach you know we're encouraging each other that we're not doing this alone we're better together uh in huddle groups in one-on-one coaching and uh you know if you don't have a coach or mentor man go to lead 222's sign up we want to come alongside you, but I want to go a little bit deeper here, you guys, into a little bit what you were talking about. And Tyler, you talk about evaluating what's important. Mm-hmm. And I think as I look at this data, I see some generational gaps that have been taking place. And when you look at a lot of our senior leaders who are um, Gen X, you know, boomers, they have this industrial age, you know, mindset, like the values are production, performance, quantity. And as a church, we've used that for a long time and it's served the church really well. But what I also see is we're also moving into a digital age. And this next generation, Gen Z, um, millennials, there are things that they value that are very different than the older generation or senior leaders that are in. And I think that's where we're hitting on some of these lack of clear expectations that we see. Um, We're talking about burnout, um, because if you're going after something that you really don't value personally, you're going to burn out a lot faster. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you guys to kind of chime in, you know, as a younger leader, maybe who's feeling like, oh, man, I'm I'm feeling like I'm in an environment that is valuing things that I don't value. Like, what do I do? Like, how do I get on the same page as my leadership? I think that's a really good conversation that this data kind of brings. Yeah, I think um, th- there's a there's a great book uh, that's uh, uh, Clay Scroggins, uh, "How to Lead When You're Not in Charge." Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic book, right? Like he's the, he was a pastor with under Andy Stanley. So like talk about 
like we clearly know who's in charge in that church. Uh, it's Andy Stanley, right? And uh, he writes and he talks about leading up and the importance of leading up and and how we do that. And I, and I think about when I think about youth ministry, um, and I've kind of had to make this shift in my own mindset, you know, now that, you know, I'm in my thirties and I've been in youth ministry, I'm not the 21 year old when I started um, is understanding the mindset as things are changing, culture is changing is we're really missionaries. Um, we don't speak the language uh, that that teenagers speak. And most of the time they say something you're like, what did you just say? I don't understand what you're saying. Like I have the urban dictionary, everything these days, but like, like we're kind of, we're missionaries. And so helping our leaders understand like, Hey, we need to, to, you know, the, the message of the gospel is timeless. It doesn't change in the sense of the, the content of what it is and the power. And if we really believe Romans 116, right, it's the power of the, the gospel is what changes us. Um, like, like, but how we package that, how we deliver that, um, we're in, we're in, in the youth ministry world, we're in the mission field, missionaries, learning a different language, learning a different culture, and then stepping into that and bringing that timeless truth. And so I think one of the areas where I've been successful in my leaders and I have great leaders who, who value youth ministry and stuff like that, but like, I don't care what context you're in helping leaders understand like, Hey, we need to be missionaries uh, in this because unfortunately or fortunately or whatever, however you want to say it, gone are the days where people just go, well, I just go to church because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. We're not in that generation anymore. We're not in that. That's not the culture. And I don't know that it, will be going forward because we're in the, you know, what do they, Barna calls it the generation none or whatever. And so we have to start operating with the mindset of, of living like missionaries and helping our leaders understand that as well. And so I think leading up, casting vision, having those intentional conversations are going to be so important. And again, just going back to lead, right? Having people who are speaking into your life and coaches who are helping you do that when you're frustrated with your boss or when you're frustrated with your environment, because it just feels like they don't get it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Being able to have those other people to bounce things off of is it's a saving grace in a lot of ways. Hey Dave, I really appreciate you saying that. I'm like one of the young leaders and stuff like that. I do, I do appreciate that <laughs> a lot, man. But uh, I'm pushing 40 here pretty soon, so I, I kind of see myself as kind of in the in between between those two generations that you were mm-hmm. just mentioning—the industrial age and the digital. So I mean, I can see it from both angles, right? And what's sad is I think in a culture, especially here in America, you know, we we we're quick to find the lines of division between all of us. You know what I mean? Rather than the lines of commonality. And I've been using this phrase a lot with, uh, you know, students and families and parents and just leaders and whatnot. And I constantly come back to you, man, Jesus is my destination. The gospel is my compass. You know, Jesus is my destination. The gospel is my compass. And so when I'm having these relationships with my senior level leadership, or if I'm a senior pastor and I'm trying to relate to, you know, my student pastors, my children's ministers, whatever, you know, man, the gospel has to be my compass. And I I look at Hebrews 13, verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to them since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so that they can do this with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. And so specifically as a student pastor, I mean, you, that that's a call to us to submit to our leadership above us and to get to know them, get to understand their hearts and support them. Because I guarantee most people listening to this, most of us as as student ministers listening to this, we have people that we lead to. And so the same expectation that we have of them to hear us and to submit to our authority, 
should be the same that we're giving to those that are above us. And so it's an interesting kind of role, like the second chair you mentioned, Tyler, that we're in. But man, the gospel has to be mm-hmm. our compass in that. We have to we have to serve with humility. We have to serve with understanding. We have to serve with the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling, reconciling with one another when things don't go right. So it's definitely not an easy thing. If it, you can feel the pressure from a student pastor, man, if anything, this last few years in COVID, I've prayed for our senior pastor and our senior leadership more because I guarantee the stuff that they're having to carry, the burdens that are keeping them up at night, um, man, they're probably magnified even more than what I'm dealing with. So I try to come in from that understanding um, when I'm serving with my brothers and sisters in Christ here at the church. And I, I feel like it's it's led us well. No church is perfect. We all know that. No church is ever going to be perfect. If you think the grass is greener at another church, man, I don't know. You know, be 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 slow to 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 have that thinking. So that's that's such a good point because I think uh especially when I was I mean, I still wrestle with it today, right? But especially younger in ministry is the idea. Like when I was in my first church. Um, like, you know, vocationally serving in my first church, you know, it's easy for that mindset to creep in and like, oh, if I just leave, it'll be better over there. Um, the problem is, is you follow you. And so sometimes some of the the things that you're unwilling, we're unwilling to deal with or things that often like, uh, you know, I'm not saying that these, these things that we're talking about in here are not true. Like people are overworked. They have a difficult work environment. Their supervisor, maybe you just don't jive with them or, or anything like that. But it can be really easy to just blame mm-hmm. all of those things and be like, well, it'd just be fine if this person was just gone or it'd be fine if, if this person wasn't my boss. Um, and we kind of place blame um, without like taking any responsibility for what we can control. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to be really careful as leaders. Then I love what, what you said, Joe is like, you know, we have to think about it, how we're leading our team. If you have staff underneath you and are you, leading in a way that you want to be led um, and and being careful with that, placing blame on just a supervisor or even just blame, placing blame on COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that I think, I think my dad really taught me it, but one of the areas of like my life that I've always tried to, to lead or live out is I need to own what I can own and the rest, give it up to God, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, I need to take responsibility. If I'm overworked, that might not just be the job. That might be because I have a terrible work-life balance mm-hmm. and I need to instill some habits in my life uh, and and be willing to to do that. If I'm, you know, eating junk and like drinking, you know, slurping down a bunch of mountain, mountain dews and eating pizza every night, like that's on me. Nobody's shoving. Well, okay. Maybe some middle schoolers are trying to shove pizza down your throat, <laughs> but like nobody's shoving pizza down my throat. And, and, and so like, I think we need to be careful uh, especially anybody that's reading these 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 results of this survey and everything, it could be easy to just look and go, yeah, see, you know, I don't get paid enough or I don't get or whatever. But I think that's the wrong way to approach these results. I think we need to approach it and go, all right, what can I own? What can mm-hmm. what can I change? Uh, what am I in control over? What do I have no control over? And I need to give that to God and let him fight for me. Yeah. Um, and then the things that I can influence, maybe I need to have conversations. That's good. Yeah, that's gold, you guys. Um, that's really good. So, you know, as we talk about, you know, in some of these things, there's just things that we have to, to, you know, to own. I mean, our own personal health, we can't always expect, you know, or demand that the church, you know, is leading the way and helping us be healthy. We we do have to lead the way in that. Um, 
you know, in development, there are things that um, we just need to have conversations with our supervisor. If there's things you would like to grow in, have that conversation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think sometimes we always are assuming things that will be provided when actually we can lead up, we can lead the way, and there's things that we need to know we need to develop in. Lead mm-hmm. 222, you guys, it's free coaching. Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. Like, there's free coaching and development there. Um, so there's opportunities for, for us to own a lot of those things. Now, I also we also know that there are toxic work environments. You know, unfortunately, there are unhealthy places uh, that are out there. And, and, you know, as I do lead staffing, you guys, I, it breaks my heart to hear a lot of people I interview, man, they've, they've gone through some very difficult things. And uh, even in my own story, I've had to navigate, um, you know, a situation in that way in my own life of dealing with an unhealthy place and, and figuring out next steps. And so as you guys, you know, as we really hear like toxic work environment, it's like a buzzword these days. We're here in Mars Hill podcast, you know, um, we've got uh, scandals, we got Hillsong, like we're hearing a lot of these things. It's kind of become like a buzzword in, in some ways. Is it really a big deal in the church as some make it out to be, which my opinion, I think there's always two sides to every story, but in some cases it really is. And it can, you know, like church hurt is deep hurt. It's spiritual Mm -hmm. hurt. So how do you guys see, you know, youth workers um, navigating this? Um, You know, because I think some, they could actually really be in a toxic environment and they got to, they got to figure out next steps in that. Some could even just consider it unhealthy and toxic, but they're really not in a, in a place that's at it. It's maybe more so themselves that aren't healthy. So my question is, how do you guys, you know, even coach or, you know, those that are listening and maybe struggling um, and think that they're in a tough, you know, environment, what do you guys say to, to those that are listening? Joe, I'll start with you. Yeah. You know, my, my first encouragement is not to be cynical with the big church, big C church, you know, don't get cynical or bitter with the entire church. That's the bride of Christ. Always remember that, you know, you may have situations in your church. Every church has, has situations. It's made up of people that are fallen, that are messed up, that are still being sanctified and still in in need of a savior. And so where you see people at one environment where you love the people, you trust the people, you've got the same vision, you've got the same unity, man, that's, that's a great culture and place to be. And, and, you know, I'm in a great spot where I'm at now at church. I love, I love the people I serve with that, that work with me. I love the people I, I serve for. Um, but man, there's, there's things that come up that we need to figure out that we need to have real heart to heart conversations. And I think we do a poor job, honestly, of having some of those you know, confession, repentance, grace, forgiveness, reconciliation conversations that are are the bread and butter of the gospel. Man, we've got to we've got to be the ministry of reconciliation with one another and and work through those things. But and Joe, man, to our point earlier, yeah. people are doing this alone. Yeah, they're yeah. they're navigating you know this in an on an island or maybe just them and their spouse, and they're they're right. they don't have any really encouragement or outside you know. Right um, input and, and to pray about that, those things together. So, right. yeah. 
And, and, and on that point, Dale, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I see too, is a lot of, a lot of student pastors, if they get angry or upset with what's going on, misery loves company. Yeah. So they're going to find all the people that are going to go, yeah, that, you know, your senior right. pastor, he's, he's not taking care of you. You know, your supervisor, she's, she's this or she's that. And yeah, you know what? You should be angry and frustrated. I would be very, very cautious with just finding the people that are going to tell you what they think you need to hear. And I think it's important for us as leaders to be leaders where we look at people and we go, no, please tell me if I'm in the wrong here, if I'm messing this up, you have permission to speak into me. But if I'm not crazy, just, just pray for me and help me to navigate this the way that the Lord would want me to navigate it. Yeah. Nobody grows, nobody grows in an echo chamber. No, you know, it's, it's when you iron sharpens iron, right. Mm -hmm. Is when you have those people. And I think, when I think about it, uh, just for me, again, it goes back to uh, we can't control every situation. Like a lot of times, okay, let's be honest, a toxic work environment generally has to do around dealing with people, right? Because mm-hmm. people are sinful. We, we, you know, we are. And so it, it generally deals around with people. The problem with that is you can't control people. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, if we could go and control people, that would be great and everything would be fine. Um, Like, but you can't do that. And so we have to learn how to do that. And how how do I evaluate myself? How do I control myself? And when we were talking earlier, Dave, I I came to Romans 12, 1, right? Uh, Or 12, uh, 3 says, because of the privilege, this privilege and authority God has given me, I give you this warning. Do not think you are better than you really are. But be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith that God has given us. And I think that that again, I don't want to ever diminish. You know, I think about like Mars Hill and the pain that that has caused, and you know, Hillsong and some of the stuff that has been going on there, and and the pain that Satan is just ravaging, and he's trying to destroy God's church and everything like that. Um, that's real. But also, like, we need to be able to own our stuff. We need to be able to say and have that honest evaluation. And going again back to your point, Dave. You can't, it's, it's really hard to own your stuff on your own. We need those people that are willing to go that last 10% that are, are willing to say the hard things to you that you've given permission to say the hard things. Oftentimes, you know, if we don't give people permission to say the hard things to us, like a coach or a mentor or something like that, you just end up being like, well, that hurts and you're a jerk. Uh, But if we give people permission and, and when we give people permission, you know, so like, oh, hey, Joe, you have permission to speak into my life when you see something is off. And when you do speak, then I go, oh, okay, I got to listen. Mm-hmm. to to this um and i think that's so important to you know that we have an honest evaluation of ourselves but also allow other people to honestly evaluate us and to have coaches and um yes your 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 environment might be messy and it might be really hard and just heck we need places to be able to go and and vent safely mm-hmm. um you know i think we need to do it with with wisdom and with honor and we need to be careful in that but sometimes you need to be able to just sit with your coach and be like listen this is what happened this week and Mm -hmm. you won't believe it. And just be able to share those things Mm -hmm. in a safe way that you can't maybe do with your supervisor or or something like that. And so again, lead 222 gave me that space to be able to come in and and talk to my coach when I was frustrated and, and them to be able to say, Hey, you know what? You're being kind of an idiot right here. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and be able to evaluate some of those things because Again, Joe, going back to your like, uh, uh, you know, was it misery loves company or whatever? I think to to push that that warning even more um, for our married uh, uh, youth workers and for those with kids, um, 
I don't ever want to get to the place where like, whether I'm hurt by the church or or difficult thing to get my wife or to get my kids to hate Mm. the church. And we need to be careful as leaders. We talk about healthy families, right? We need to be careful because oftentimes who do we vent to the most? We vent to our wife uh, or or our husband and, and we, we begin to have those conversations and then they get this idea of what the church is like. And, and that's not good for anybody or, or our kids are going, uh, dad just got beat up by this church and, and man, I hate the church. And so like, if we're honest in our evaluation of ourselves, we have those safe outlets, those people in our life that are speaking into our life and those safe places therapy, right? Go to therapy, talk it out, be with people, but we need to be careful. Like, I'm not saying we can't be honest with our spouse or be honest with our kids, but if we're doing it just out of this place of hurt and a bitterness and, and shame or whatever, whatever, fill in the, the, the word you want, um, that could have repercussions that I don't think any of us want. Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, so true, Tyler. And you know, I, I would encourage you if you haven't listened to episode 45 of the Lead 222 podcast, when to stay, when to leave, I'd really encourage you to go listen to that. If you're, you know, dealing with some uh, transition or or you're thinking about transition or, you know, you're just praying about what are next steps, it's a really good podcast to listen to. Um, we are not meant to do all this alone. And so, uh, really thankful for Joe and Tyler. So as we kind of conclude um, this today, guys, what's your final encouragement for youth workers, you know, in this season of youth ministry? And Joe, I'll have you go first. Yeah, you know, as I, you know, Dale, as I've been thinking about this podcast coming up, I just I just want to encourage our student pastors, maybe there's a senior pastor or somebody else that's listening to this. Hey, stay faithful. Stay faithful, man, uh, or woman, and remember what 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 your calling was when you got into this. And I just want to encourage you. You know, if you're you're feeling like, man, I don't know if I can do this another day. I just want to encourage you, man. Spend some time with Jesus. Get get alone with Jesus. Connect with Jesus. Follow Him. Uh, whether He's calling you to stay or whether He's calling you to go. I love that you referenced that that podcast, uh, Dave. I think that's going to be really really helpful. But my encouragement is, man, you guys are making a difference. Keep making a difference. Keep staying faithful. Every little thing matters. Uh, how you conduct yourselves, how you walk. People are watching. Your students are watching. Their families are watching. Uh, keep walking with Jesus and doing what is right. And and you're not alone. Like, like the Lord is with you. There's so many promises in scripture that he's with you, that he has your back, that he's for you, that he's fighting for you in ways that that you don't even know and see. So just remember that and stay faithful. You You can do this with him. That's good. Um, I heard this number of years ago on a podcast. Uh, Zach Workin, another youth worker, uh, said that uh, youth ministry is gardening in a fast food world, um, in a world where we constantly want things immediately. We want uh, things to be different right away. Um, we, you, When we're working with people, when we're working on people, uh, when the Holy Spirit is working on people, it's slow. And sometimes you might not see the results um, or you might not see the the, the wins, um, but that doesn't change your calling. If you're called to ministry, if God has called you, he's placed this on your heart to to reach the lives. Like what what got us into ministry is also the things that frustrate us most about ministry. 
is is the the difficult things, the walking through hard things with people when people struggle. Um, that calling, we have to we have to constantly come back to the calling uh, because calling isn't just what gets us into ministry; it's what sustains us through ministry. And and we have to remember that, like, yeah, you know what? It is hard, um, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about. Um, when uh, I had a, a season of life and was really hard um, and I got sick on a trip. Right. And if you're a youth pastor that's ever been sick on a trip, you know, like that's brutal. Right. And so I was, you know, taking care of business, if you know what I mean. And uh, and a kid came to me at four in the morning. It was like the toilets clogged. And and I was like, what? what are you talking? And so I'm like, like plunging out this toilet because apparently a seventh grader can't do that. And so I'm plunging out this toilet and, you know, some water spits, you know, shoots up on my lip and I'm just sitting here going, God, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. What, what am I doing? And it was like in that moment that God just like laid it on my heart through the Holy spirit. And it was like, yeah, yeah, it's hard, but it's worth it. And I think we have to remember that. And for me, I wrote, it's worth, I have a plunger sitting up on my desk and it says Sharpie on it. It's worth it to remind me of those moments. Like, yes, it's hard. And if anybody told you that youth ministry was easy or ministry was easy, they were lying to you and you should probably not listen to most of what they tell you. Uh, It's hard, but it's worth it. And it has eternal impact. It's awesome. Uh, so good. good. I, I want to give both of you the, the plunger awards uh, yeah. today. <laughs> so well done, uh, fellas. Thank you guys, Joe, Tyler. Thank you guys so much for being uh, with us today. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. I want to thank Joe and Tyler again for joining us and uh, be sure to check out the full State of the Youth Workers report. And uh, we will have that on our uh, lead community Facebook page. Uh, I'll be posting that in different places, or you can email me, dave at lead222.com, and uh, I will send you that. You know, where do we go from here? And I just want to propose some questions that you can ask uh, if you're a youth worker, uh, a senior leader, or you can do these together as a team. And so uh, there's no one-size-fits-all suggestion. Um, in, in every church, you know, each ministry context is unique, but I think spending some time and reflecting on these questions will be beneficial. And so I'm just going to run through these real quick. There's uh, five of them. And uh, the first one is, how can I, we, better understand the times we're in? And I think it's really having good communication about, you know, what we're experiencing and uh, the times that uh, our culture and everything is moving in. Uh, The gospel message doesn't change, but maybe some methods do. And so I think that's a good question. The second one is, what do I, we, need to do to improve the health of my team and church? And, uh, you know, as uh, personally, you know, how can you improve your own uh, emotional, spiritual Um, you know, physical health, uh, or as a team, talking about how can we grow in being healthy as as a church team. The third question is, how do I, we, ensure that youth workers uh, have appropriate expectations, sufficient pay, proper development? And uh, you can lead up in those conversations uh, or really just kind of reflect. And what are my expectations? Uh, what's my, um, you know, role and, and how am I really doing? And uh, I think those can be great conversations uh, to have to bring clarity in those expectations. The fourth question, what conversations do I need to have with my senior leadership 
youth workers to ensure we're on the same page in this season. Uh, so that's kind of a follow-up from that last one, but to be on the same page as we move forward. And finally, what must I, we do differently in order to raise up the next generation of church leaders and ensure the church is thriving for generations to come? And uh, we want to reach this next generation and uh, let's go after it. Let's lead strong. Uh, let's communicate really well. Let's pursue Jesus, pursue our family. And, um, and I think, man, we're going to see God show up and do incredible things. Well, thanks for joining us uh, for this episode. And uh, man, be sure to rate, review the podcast. Help us get the word out and uh, really appreciate Lead Community. Uh, we love you guys. And if you're not plugged in, man, sign up at lead222.com. Uh, we'd love to come alongside you. Well, have a great day. Stay encouraged. Stay inspired. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Lead 222 podcast. Please consider joining our community of leaders. Together, we're committed to experiencing healthy lives, healthy families, and healthy ministries. Learn more at lead222.com.